all my life, I've always wanted to help people. Fast forward 40 plus years on this planet and I'm running the holistic clinic of my dreams. I founded the supplement company of my dreams and I'm stepping into each day like it's a dream. Now, I get to help even more people through this podcast and I want you to have the tools to feel your best, to optimize, to figure out what's going wrong and how to course correct. I believe in you so much. Knowledge is power, and we're going to transform your life together. School of Doza is in session. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another School of Doza podcast. I am Nurse Doza, and I am excited that you join us today. This is our classroom setting. Today's episode is going to be all about the thyroid hypothyroidism, and Hashimoto's, which is a big, big deal for a lot of you people who are listening today. This is a very common condition. A lot of people will be affected by thyroid issues, especially Hashimoto's. And some of the studies say that it's so common that five and out of 100 people in the United States will be affected by Hashimoto's. So this is something that is very, very common. You probably know someone. If not, you yourself are dealing with this. So I, I want to give you some advice for navigating through these thyroid conditions. I want to give you some information about why the thyroid is dysfunctional in the first place and what to do to make it healthier. And I can't tell you how many people I see on a daily basis, on a daily basis, come in with thyroid issues and have questions about their thyroid, want to know more about their thyroid, want to know why their thyroid's off, want to know why their thyroid's off and they're on meds and why it's still off, you know, what med they need to take now. And it's not as simple as you think, but getting a healthy thyroid means you can live a healthier life. And so that's why it's important that you need to know the basics when it comes to your thyroid, when it comes to your hormones, when it comes to your health, because it empowers you and allows you to take your health into your own hands. And this is why we do this. I believe you can do this every time you listen to this podcast. It's going to make a big difference. So if you're ready, go ahead and get out a notepad, start writing down some information and uh, start doing some research on your own time because the more that you can understand, the more you can implement and the more you will feel better. And if you haven't already subscribed to our newsletter, I encourage you to go to mswlounge.com. It's a Q&A style newsletter that is always full of helpful tips and uh, the community is great. I love this community. You, you provide very, very incredible questions. Thank you. We read all of them. So thank you so much. Keep sending them. All right, let's do this. Class is in session. So when it comes to Hashimoto's, hypothyroidism is usually one of the bigger issues when it comes to Hashimoto's. But the first thing I want you to understand is that Hashimoto's is not just hypothyroidism. Hashimoto's really is inflammation of the thyroid. And when I talk about inflammation, keep in mind, this is specific to the thyroid gland. This isn't thyroid of the entire body. This is thyroid of the entire body and of the thyroid itself. And so when you develop Hashimoto's, your brain and your body thinks that your thyroid is sick, thinks it's unhealthy, thinks it's under attack. And what happens is your body starts to develop antibodies in response to lower the inflammation that is specific to your thyroid gland. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disorder. And an autoimmune disorder is something that most people will have to deal with for the rest of their life. Some autoimmune disorders go into remission. Sometimes they get exacerbated and they come out and it's a flare-up as what most people refer to it as. 
But with Hashimoto's, this is an autoimmune disorder that can chronically affect you in many different ways because your thyroid is part of your overall metabolism and it's a hormone. It makes several hormones, T3 and T4, the main two types of hormones the thyroid makes, but it helps with your metabolism. It helps you break down glucose and store it. It helps you make sure that you have enough energy throughout the day. And so when your thyroid's affected or it's dysfunctional, your body is dysfunctional and you don't feel right. And that's why there's a lot of people who go to the doctor because they have a dysfunctional thyroid. They realize that having an infected or inflamed or an irritated thyroid can be something that they see early on in life. And it's so common that you're going to notice the symptoms of thyroid issues and Hashimoto's at a very early age. You might not even realize it's happening, but here are some of the symptoms of Hashimoto's. Weight gain, fatigue, hair loss, intolerance to cold, irregular menstrual periods, constipation, depression, joint pain. Does this sound like you? Does this sound like someone you know? This sounds very much like a generic way to look at someone who doesn't look very healthy or feel very healthy. Because think about it, if you have weight gain, you're tired all the time, you're constipated and you're depressed, they're saying these are symptoms of Hashimoto's, but I think this is symptoms of dysfunction and inflammation in the body. With Hashimoto's though, it is very specific for the thyroid. And I've looked up who is at risk for developing Hashimoto's because if it's a common issue that a lot of people with thyroid issues are going to develop, we have to understand what Hashimoto's is, it's inflammation. But we also have to understand what are the risk factors for developing Hashimoto's? Who is at risk for developing this thyroid inflammation autoimmune disorder? In a research article that I looked up, there's a lot of different types of Hashimoto's. And I, and I say looked up, I had to look up a lot of information because there's not, it wasn't very specific when it comes to what type of person is at risk for thyroid issues, especially Hashimoto's. But I found here, people who are at risk for Hashimoto's have liver issues to begin with. They have B12 deficiency. They have gluten sensitivity. So let me reiterate that. People who are at risk for Hashimoto's already have inflamed fatty livers. They're already malnourished and have some kind of B12 deficiency, which you know what that looks like. You know, loss of appetite, loss of mood, maybe even loss of nerve health. And then with the gluten, Gluten directly affects the thyroid, and we'll get into that in a little bit with diet, but gluten sensitivity means you can't process and, and break down a lot of the foods you eat because the gluten inside of it is very inflammatory once it's broken down to the body, and it shouldn't be. It used to not be, but now it is. And so someone has Hashimoto's that has inflammation of their thyroid, the last thing they need to be doing is eating gluten or eating bread or eating you know some kind of avocado toast because they don't need that going into their system. They don't need the flour to tortilla, the breakfast taco, it's going to cause inflammation and exacerbation of their Hashimoto's. And remember, this is an autoimmune disorder that never goes away. So if you have Hashimoto's for your life that you have to live with, why are you eating the breakfast taco with the flour tortilla? Why are you eating the tortilla at all? The corn is just as bad as the flour sometimes. You could replace gluten sensitivity with my guess of corn sensitivity because they're both GMO'd. So any of those foods are going to deliberately inflame the body while they're being broken down. And that will not only lead to weight gain, fatigue, hair loss, constipation, depression in people with Hashimoto's, but you're going to be uncomfortable and bloated 
really, really, and it's not going to be fun at all. You won't be able to take your rings off. You'll be tired all the time. Like this is something that you don't want to deal with. But remember, this is inflammation we're talking about. But inflammation is not necessarily something that goes away easily, but it can. There's a lot of inflammation in our bodies that can be reduced with our lifestyle. Because keep in mind, our lifestyle can induce inflammation, right? The stressors in our life, the more stressors we put in our body, the more inflammation that could come from it if we don't handle it well, right? But if we do handle it well, our thyroid's healthier. And there's still this idea that once you get sick, there's no going back. That's not the case at all. Keep in mind, I want to encourage you with Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's can be put in remission. And I, I say remission is that your flare-ups will not be as bad. Your joint pain will not be as bad. Your weight gain will not be as bad. Like you'll be able to manage it, right? You'll be able to lose the weight and keep it off. You'll be able to get up and do a workout, a yoga class, a hit exercise, and not have a bunch of joint pain because your Hashimoto's is under control. And to take it a step further, a lot of people will talk about goiters and thyroid nodules and, and things involving physical cysts on their thyroid gland. And if you've ever done an ultrasound or if you're ever worried about a thyroid issue, you know, I encourage you to ask your practitioner to order an ultrasound. But a lot of times you'll find there's like cysts and nodules on a thyroid gland and sometimes they can be uh, non-cancerous, right? They can just be there incidentally found on an ultrasound, an MRI. And what's interesting about those cysts is that those cysts can also rupture and could cause damage in a, a non-cancerous way. As inflammation continues, thyroid follicles are damaged and can rupture. I mean, we're talking about cysts here, non-malignant cysts that are on your thyroid gland. And when you talk about someone getting a hysterectomy, there's also a thyroidectomy, right? So you're going to remove the thyroid the same way you remove the uterus. And it's because there's usually an infected or sick thyroid that's having to be removed because the thyroid's unhealthy. But as I get on my soapbox now, I'll tell you this. Because of Hashimoto's, because of inflammation surrounding the thyroid, by the time this person gets in front of a practitioner, they might not be lucky enough to have a practitioner that says, hey, we're going to put this, we're going to get this thing under control. They might just say, hey, let's do a scan of your thyroid. And all of a sudden they see some cysts on there and nodules and they'll say, you know what? It's unhealthy. Let's take it out. I can't tell you how many times someone has come to me and has been told by their practitioner that they were told that they have an unhealthy and a sick thyroid and they need to remove it. Keep in mind, this may be with cysts, might be not with cysts on there. There might be nodules, there might be nodules. Uh, there might, be not, might not be nodules because sometimes with nodules and cysts, they can go into remission as well. They can increase in size and decrease in size. Just talk to someone with uh, PCOS. But if it's non-cancerous, then a lot of times practitioners will just say, well, let's just leave it there and let's just watch it. If it is, you know, kind of looks a little weird, a lot of practitioners will be uh, uh, tempted to go ahead and just biopsy it. And when it comes to Hashimoto's, you may have cysts, you may not have cysts. That's, what I, that's why with Hashimoto's, you have to stay on top of this. You have to understand that this is inflammation and whatever you do in life will cause more inflammation if your body can't handle it. And so with Hashimoto's, the first thing I tell the, the, the client is you have inflammation. We need to get this under control. It's like this fire that's always burning, specifically around your thyroid. And if this fire is always burning, imagine sugar, gluten, negative thoughts, alcohol, staying up late, you know, uh, uh, long days at the desk can all inflame your Hashimoto's. And then imagine you happen to have an MTHFR issue and a B12 deficiency. All of a sudden now 
your Hashimoto's is going to be even worse. And we'll talk about the liver connection here in a second. But you can see now that Hashimoto's is complex. But really, it shouldn't have to be. It's inflammation. And inflammation can be reduced in the body. You just have to get the right fire extinguisher. Right? And that's how your thyroid gets healthier. Because I've seen it done plenty of times before, and we're going to show you how to do it. But with Hashimoto's, keep in mind, this is not just affecting just your thyroid. I have here that hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's, thyroid disorders can increase your cardiovascular disease risk. It can elevate your blood pressure, your cholesterol. Then, like I said, your thyroid, especially your thyroid hormones, are directly involved in your metabolism. They help regulate your heart. So if your thyroid is off for any way, forget the fact that you have inflammation directly occurring right there on the thyroid, you also have heart disease risk going up, metabolic disorders. I have a study here that shows hypothyroidism and HSCRP are increased together. And inflammation is the root cause of Hashimoto. So keep in mind, if you were to order other labs in addition to just your thyroid panels, you'd probably see inflammatory markers being elevated as well, just like the HSCRP, which is commonly elevated in Hashimoto's. I've seen it in clinical practice, and I'll tell you this right now. There are several tests to look just at the thyroid that we'll get into in a second, but if you have Hashimoto's, you should also be measuring your HSCRP, which is a high-sensitivity C-reactive protein. High-sensitivity high C-reactive protein is usually measured for heart disease risk, but I see it elevated in Hashimoto's all the time. So if you are looking at how the fire is burning, you have to be looking at HSCRP and making sure that the fire is starting to go out. And that can tell you if you're winning part of the battle against, uh, it's part of the win against uh, as Hashimoto's. Labs are so important. You have to get your lab work done. And keep in mind, there's some labs that are ordered that aren't even looking at the bigger picture when it comes to Hashimoto's. And that's the second thing I want you to understand, that when it comes to Hashimoto's, Hashimoto, Hashimoto's, an autoimmune disorder of the thyroid, you will not get it better by treating TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. Thyroid stimulating hormone is a thyroid panel that is the standard thyroid panel that's ordered when it comes to your thyroid health. TSH is, from, is a hormone that comes from your pituitary gland that goes to your thyroid to stimulate your thyroid to make more T4 and T3. Now, your TSH, man, you should not go be chasing TSH because treating TSH alone will not get rid of Hashimoto's or put it in remission or lower the inflammation in your body and make you feel healthy again. And the reason I know this is because TSH is only part of the big problem and dysfunction that's going on in Hashimoto's. Now, let's go over this really quickly because people want to know what happens when Hashimoto's develops. What's the timeline like? A lot of times Hashimoto's is developing when a person's in their teenage years, especially females. I, I think I was reading in their 20s and 30s as early as, as you can start developing Hashimoto's. And that means you can start developing thyroid disorders. And notice I said earlier it's hypothyroidism. Well, you can have hyperthyroidism and Hashimoto's just as easily. You can switch from hypothyroidism to hyper mode anytime throughout your life, and that can cause confusion in your metabolism. That can cause confusion in your body. That can cause confusion with your brain. Just having a slow, sluggish thyroid going into hyper mode with the help of thyroid medications 
can cause dysfunction and confusion in your body that then your body sends and produces antibodies against your thyroid, the same way Hashimoto's gets developed when someone is sick. Because I have a theory that viral infections love the thyroid. Previous viral infections love to attack the thyroid. They like to attack the liver. They like to attack your nervous system. Viral infections love to attack the thyroid. So if you had a previous history of like mono that turned into Epstein-Barr later, I imagine that somehow if you were to measure your white blood cells and your Epstein-Barr, your titers would be elevated. And, and what's interesting is anytime you have an autoimmune disorder like Hashimoto's, you probably have several autoimmune disorders. So looking at TSH and just giving medication for just TSH doesn't mean you fix the other autoimmune disorders going on. I mean, you, didn't, you don't get rid of Epstein-Barr, right? Because you're taking Synthroid now. You're not deficient in, in, in something that's going to lead to an autoimmune disorder unless it's something like a, a vitamin or an amino acid or an antioxidant. Right, Because the thing is, if you have inflammation or an infection, regardless of it, the body thinks of it as the same. Right? If you have an infection of a, viral, of a virus that lives in your body that doesn't go away, it goes directly to your thyroid and causes inflammation, and then you produce antibodies off of that. Looking at a TSH won't tell you if there's antibodies being developed in Hashimoto's. Now, go to the other part of it. If you have hypothyroidism going into hyperthyroidism, switching like that, that could happen months within years. Well, if you're measuring the TSH alone and it goes from hypo to hyper, keep in mind, if you don't catch the TSH at the right time when you order the labs, and I'm not talking like the right time of the day, I'm talking the right time of the year, how do I know that that person was not hypo a few months ago and now hyper? And how do I not know that it slipped from hyper back into hypo again a few months later without us even knowing it? Because if you don't do routine labs, right, how do I know that TSH is in range? Now, let's talk about that real quick. When it comes to Hashimoto's, the range for TSH should be one. Your TSH should be around the range of one if you have Hashimoto's or even if you have hypothyroidism or if you have hyperthyroidism. If you have any type of thyroid disorders, your TSH should be around one. And if you look at most labs, most labs have a range of 0.2 to about 4.2. Right, And the higher the number in TSH, the more sluggish or hypothyroid you are. And the lower the TSH or the, uh, I guess, closer to zero you, you get, you have a hyper or overactive thyroid. And it's confusing because it's backwards than the way we should think about it. But keep in mind, this is why you shouldn't be chasing TSH because it's basically just a signal from your brain to your thyroid. And if you take Synthroid, for example, you're just taking T4. You're not even taking TSH. If you're on thyroid medications right now, you're not taking TSH. You're taking thyroid 4 or, or thyroid 3. Okay, we'll get into that in a second. But like I said, treating TSH is not going to fix Hashimoto's because I, there's been plenty of times over the years that we checked a TSH and it had a range of 1. It was in range. It was perfect with all the right medications. And guess what? We order a separate test separate from TSH. And guess what? It's all in the red. It's all dysfunctional. And this is why TSH is not going to be the only thing that you need to order when it comes to treating Hashimoto's. In fact, you can't even diagnose Hashimoto's with just TSH. But yet, a lot of times, we were only taught as practitioners that TSH was the standard, the gold standard for looking at thyroid health. But you can't diagnose Hashimoto's with TSH. That's why so many people did not get diagnosed with Hashimoto's until late in the game. 
because if you're ordering a TSH in your teens and your 20s and your 30s, it may be a little sluggish. It may be a little high. Some practitioners may say, eh, it's around three, it's around four, it's around five. Let's not do anything just yet. I don't want to put you on medication. But guess what happens with the person that's having thyroid issues, hypothyroidism. Let's start with that. When you start developing hypothyroidism, that usually happens at an earlier age. All right, and it's not just happening over time, it's happening at an earlier age and then it's happening over time. But your thyroid becomes so sluggish over a period of time that your body says, why? Let's increase our thyroid and ramp it up. Well, guess what? If you're not making enough thyroid hormones to begin with, then your thyroid is not gonna be that active to begin with. And I've found that most people don't make a lot of thyroid hormones. There's a lot of nutrients needed for it, we'll go into that in a second, but keep in mind, you're saying, okay, go back to the TSH deal, all right? This is where we're looking at. The reason why thyroid disorders are complex is because TSH is not the only thing you need to look at. If you want a full panel for your thyroid health, it should include TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, a free T3, a total T3, a free T4, a total T4. Those are both the hormones, and we'll go into why free and total in a second. And then I also suggest if you're on medication, look at a reverse T3 panel. And then look at your thyroid antibody panels, which are called your thyroid perioxidase, otherwise known as TPO. And TPO is the defining test to see if you have Hashimoto's. It's not TSH, it is TPO. And there's been plenty of times, like I've said, over the years, we measured a full panel, TSH, T3, T4, the free and the total, the reverse T3, because they're on medication, and everything was in range. Everything was perfect. There was green, it was, it was optimal. And then we measure the TPO and boom, it's sky high. And thyroid antibodies, there shouldn't be much to begin with. I'm not saying like maybe one, two at the most. You shouldn't have thyroid antibodies, a lot of it, because that means your body's thinking your thyroid's healthy and it shouldn't have to make antibodies because your immune system only makes antibodies in response to something entering the body that shouldn't belong there. And I'm using my, my knuckles right here because your immune system gets ready to fight anything that doesn't belong in there like mono. Like mono doesn't belong in the body, so your body makes antibodies to fight it. But then if your mono lays dormant in your thyroid and turns an Epstein-Barr later, then all of a sudden now you're making antibodies against the thyroid and you make antibodies against your Epstein-Barr, so now you have two autoimmune disorders, right, like we talked about. Now, like I said, TSH won't tell me that story. But if you're on thyroid medication, ordering a T3, T4, and a reverse T3 will tell you if the medication's working. Because some people need thyroid medication because one, they've had a thyroid removed, or two, they don't make enough thyroid meds or the thyroid hormones. So if you imagine you're one of those people that you checked your TSAs and your T3, T4 from an earlier age, and you just didn't make enough thyroid hormones, which is another possibility, then you have to supplement with thyroid hormones. And most people will measure T3, T4, and they will do that because it's going to tell them whether or not they're going to be able to see if that medication is working. Reverse T3 is the test that will tell you whether or not the Synthroid, which is the levothyroxine T4, is converting to the T3. T3 is actually the thyroid hormone that is most active and the most potent in the body. What's fascinating about it is, getting to the third thing, Hashimoto's might not be fixed with medication. And I'll tell you this right now, Synthroid is not going to fix Hashimoto's. If you're on Synthroid right now, levothyroxine, even the generic form, it's probably not fixing your Hashimoto's right now. And you're like, oh, yeah, it probably did actually at first. Well, yeah, and then guess what happened? They increased your dosage because it stopped working after a while. And what happens with Hashimoto's and Synthroid is Synthroid is, is thyroid T4. With the idea that T4 converts to T3, that is true thyroid health. But 
What happens with gluten, gluten blocks the conversion of T4 to T3. That's why I said you need to check a reverse T3 to see if that block in that conversion is actually is happening or not. Because if Synthroid is not converting over to T3, your body's not going to function well. And sometimes having your T3 and T4 off throws off your TSH, goes back to the idea that we can't just measure TSH. But with medication, if I give you just T4 and you need help with T4 and T3 and TSH and TPO, I can't just give you Synthroid and hope that everything gets fixed. And I used to prescribe bioidentical hormones like Armour and MP and Naturethroid a lot. But then I found out that even prescribing that, giving both T3 and T4, didn't fix Hashimoto's. Because keep in mind, if I'm giving you armor, I'm giving you T3 and T4, not just Synthroid, it's just T4. If I'm giving you armor and MP, I'm directly trying to see if I'm helping stimulate your own T3 and T4 absorption and conversion in the body and helping to regulate TSH. And like I said, this goes back to a perfect example. Here we are giving armor and MP thyroid to Hashimoto's patients, and all of a sudden, their TSH goes into range finally, around one, a little less than two. But guess what happens? We order the TPO, and it's still sky high. And I can't tell you how many women, especially women, are on thyroid meds and still have Hashimoto's. That tells me, no matter whether it's Synthroid, Armor, MP, Nature, it's not fixing Hashimoto's. Yes, it might help you feel better for right now, but it's not fixing the inflammation. It's just replacing the hormone that you don't make anymore or that you're not getting made anymore because of some genetic or metabolic issue. And I have to tell you this, the fourth thing about your thyroid, not just that it's the wrong medication that's not working for Hashimoto's, that they ordered the wrong test panel for Hashimoto's. No, the fourth thing about why you're having Hashimoto's and what the problem is and how to fix it is that the problem with Hashimoto's didn't start with the thyroid. Okay? It didn't start with the thyroid. Thyroid issues do not start with the thyroid. That's why we don't give thyroid medication anymore because the problem's not with the thyroid. The problem is with your nervous system. Your nervous system controls every action in the body, including the production of thyroid hormones and other hormones. So if your nervous system is off for any way, then your thyroid's off. Because remember, your thyroid is just taking signals from the brain, like TSH, right? TSH comes from the pituitary gland, but the pituitary gland is taking messages from the hypothalamus. The motherboard, major controlling system of our body is the hypothalamus in our brain. And the hypothalamus creates the ultimate signal that then goes down to your pituitary gland that sends a bunch of signals then to the pituitary gland that then causes a bunch of signals to be released to things like your thyroid, your liver, your adrenal glands, your gut, your heart. And when this happens, it's only in response to stress. We know this as your sympathetic nervous system versus your parasympathetic nervous system, your autonomic nervous system, flight or fight, rest and digest. And with thyroid issues, I have found in labs, because we've measured full panel labs, we can tell that the full panel picture. You want to talk holistic, you want to talk about functional medicine. Some people don't look at the bigger picture when it comes to labs, but when you look at all the labs, all the precursors coming from the brain that go before the organs, and then more hormones on top of just the thyroid panel, then you can see how your chemicals are responding to your stress. This is what hormones look like. And when you're stressed out, the first thing that happens in your body is that your brain starts activating this thing to produce an activation in your sympathetic nervous system called flight or fight. 
If you're stressed, your body goes into activated mode and starts producing hormones in response to flight or fight. Because back in the day, if you were stressed, you were either running to get your dinner or you're running away from being dinner. But nowadays, we get the same type of flight or fight stress from an email, from text messages, from social media first thing in the morning and last thing at night. We get the same type of stress from the foods we eat and the negative thoughts we have. When we're in sympathetic flight or fight mode, it suppresses our thyroid gland and it could lead to things like Hashimoto's. Things like the sympathetic nervous system activates things like the adrenal glands. And we have found throughout the course of labs, especially in functional medicine, that there is a connection between the adrenal glands and the thyroid. Because the adrenal glands are usually the first thing activated in a flight or fight mode. It's not, the, it's not the thyroid. The adrenals are probably usually the first thing activated. Or let's look at it this way. It's happening at the same time. If your pituitary gland is releasing TSH to the thyroid, what's not to say that the pituitary gland is also releasing FSH and LH and ACTH to the adrenals and the FSH, LH is going to the ovaries. I mean, we know that these precursors activate and control our response to stress. And if there's any increase of that stress, then these pathways are activated double time, triple time, overactivated, if you will. And there's something called the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, which has a negative feedback loop. If you have too much stress in your body, it activates your sympathetic nervous system that goes directly to your adrenal glands to produce something called cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone found in the sympathetic nervous system activation. And with cortisol activation, it suppresses other hormones like thyroid hormones. Because if you're getting your energy from things like cortisol, which increases your blood sugar as well as being involved in sympathetic mode, then if your body runs off a of sympathetic mode, flight or fight, blood sugar, that's not healthy energy to run off of. Your body would prefer to run off of healthy thyroid hormones. But keep in mind, if you're already in hypothyroid mode or Hashimoto mode or hyperthyroid mode, your th thyroid can't be counted on to give you any kind of help when it comes to metabolism and energy. If you're in stress mode, all your energy is coming from cortisol and dopamine and blood sugar. When cortisol is getting released from the adrenal glands, the adrenal glands are also releasing dopamine. Cortisol suppresses thyroid. Well, guess what else suppresses thyroid? Dopamine. So if you're in flight or fight mode all the time, your adrenals are firing cortisol and dopamine in response to stress because dopamine turns into something called epinephrine. Epinephrine is our adrenaline, hence the name adrenals. So if you're in flight or fight mode, which most people are the second they wake up in the morning and they have Hashimoto's, imagine I say, well, your Hashimoto's didn't start with your thyroid being overactive or underactive to begin with. It was when you started stressing your body out to the max at an earlier age as possible and your adrenals kept firing and after a while you couldn't do anything about it, you couldn't keep up with life's demands and it suppressed all your other hormones, including the synthesis of TSH. Dopamine inhibits TSH synthesis. Now that directly affects your thyroid function and production. And if you're on thyroid medications because you have Hashimoto's, you have to respond to stress better because it is causing dysfunction in your thyroid. Your late night eating habits of salt and sugar are dopamine hits that are suppressing your thyroid function. This is incredible. Because Hashimoto's, like I said, is not just a thyroid problem. You're stressed out to the max. You're inflamed to the max. You're malnourished. 
And you might be doing this to yourself. So when you come in and say, yeah, give me Synthroid for Hashimoto's, I'm like, are you serious? This person's body's on fire. And we need a fire extinguisher. We need multiple fire extinguishers and we need to find the right one. You want the right fire extinguisher? The right fire extinguisher for Hashimoto's is the liver. Yes, the liver is the fire extinguisher you need to put out Hashimoto's. And if you haven't heard this before, this is the most important thing you might hear about Hashimoto's. Having a healthy liver means you lower your Hashimoto's inflammation because Hashimoto's is found in people with unhealthy livers. And the liver is going to make antioxidants that reduce inflammation specific to the thyroid and other hormones. Because remember, the, thi uh, the liver regulates all your hormones, including thyroid production. The liver helps convert T4 to T3. So imagine you're taking Synthroid and you're measuring your TSH and your reverse T3 and your reverse T3 is going sky high. That's a bad sign. Your reverse T3 shouldn't be higher than like 15. But imagine you're taking Synthroid. Some practitioner says, let's measure reverse T3. Your TSH is still off. Well, guess what? All of that, I say, well, what does your liver look like? Because if your liver is fatty, it's inflamed, you've been having a processed lifestyle, the liver will definitely affect the thyroid production and it will definitely not be able to reduce inflammation after Hashimoto's has already occurred. And you can't go into remission from Hashimoto's unless you get a healthier liver that can make antioxidants that reduce inflammation specific to the thyroid. Interleukin-6 is an inflammatory cytokine that comes from the body directly affecting the liver and the thyroid. Interleukin-6 is found in acute inflammation. Think an infection. Think mono. When you got mono, your interleukin-6 went up sky high and it inhibited your thyroid. So you imagine, they say, well, why do viral infections love the thyroid? I don't know why, but imagine whenever you have inflammation, whether it's an infection or not, it suppresses a lot of hormones, including your thyroid. And the way to reduce inflammation specific to things like Hashimoto's and thyroid disorders is to activate the power that is the liver to reduce inflammation, which will allow the body to stop making more antibodies. If you have high amounts of thyroid antibodies, activate liver detoxification because the liver detoxification will reduce inflammation in the body, including around the thyroid, and it has the possibility to lower thyroid antibody production. And we've seen it before over and over again in labs. You say, well, I have my TPO, it's still sky high. Well, guess what? Have you tried a liver detox? Have you tried liver support? And I'm not saying a liver cleanse like you find on all those viral videos with the, with the olive oil shots and the cayenne pepper shots. I'm talking like N-acetylcysteine, okay? I'm talking about lysine, which lysine is great for the thyroid because lysine is great for viral infections. But imagine you're taking lysine, you're taking N-acetylcysteine, you're making, you're, you're making more glutathione, right? You're taking alpha-lipoic acid, you're taking biotin, selenium. Like all these things are needed for liver health. And when you give your body what it needs, your liver functions better. Your body functions better. Your body's thyroid will function better, which means you have less Hashimoto's. If you have interleukin-6 that's high, HSCRP that's high, TPO that's high, you have inflammation in your liver, in your thyroid, in your fat cells, and throughout your bloodstream. And taking Synthroid is not going to fix this problem. You have to take something else in addition to that. That's why I'm saying take N-acetylcysteine, a high amount. 
take a high amount of N-acetylcysteine because guess what? If you have Hashimoto's, you need a big fire extinguisher. And N-acetylcysteine and glutathione are the two biggest fire extinguishers I could possibly imagine. That in fasting and maybe melatonin. So if you think about N-acetylcysteine, glutathione, it's coming out of the liver. Your liver makes N-acetylcysteine, the biggest liver detoxer you could possibly produce. But if your liver is unhealthy, you can't make N-acetylcysteine or glutathione, which is another huge antioxidant the liver makes. You know all about my love for glutathione and N-acetylcysteine. And when somebody has Hashimoto's, that's what we recommend. They come in, they get a huge IV bag of it. They get a bunch of supplements of it. I, I say, you can't get enough of this right now. And you're going to take this until we recheck your labs and we see that all those numbers come down. And it's not just the TPO and it's not just the HSCRP. It's the interleukin-6, right? And we're going to see if we need to take adrenal support because the adrenals are overactive, then we're going to take adrenal support and see what those numbers look like. And like I said, I don't care about the TSH after this point. In fact, you know what? In Hashimoto's, I don't even order TSH anymore. You know why? Because it's a moot point. I care about the TPO. I want to see if there's inflammation in the body right now from Hashimoto's. And looking at TSH and prescribing Synthroid is not going to fix the problem. You have to put out the fire. You have to get the hormones balanced. And you have to reduce inflammation throughout the body with a healthy liver. So it goes back to the idea of inflammation. How do you address Hashimoto's? You have to reduce inflammation. If you ever come to Austin, you can come get a vitamin IV full of NAC, full of N-acetylcysteine, full of glutathione with us. But if you can't, go find a provider next to you that can do that. If you have Hashimoto's, you need to be doing N-acetylcysteine IVs because it could help in reducing inflammation. It's not the only thing that's going to help, right? Because you got to fix your diet. you got to eat real food, cut out the gluten, right? you got to start supplementing B12 on a daily basis probably, right? And then at the same time, you have to get better sleep. All these things are needed. And if you come in here to the lounge, MSW lounge, you're getting an IV full of N-acetylcysteine. I'm talking about your lifestyle, especially of Hashimoto's, because you know what happens? A lot, of, a lot of people will say, hey, do you do labs here? And I say, yeah, of course we do labs. We do tons of labs. We look, whatever lab you want, we can do it. What are you looking at? They're like, I have Hashimoto's. After hearing this podcast, you don't even have to know. Just assume if you have Hashimoto's, your TPO is high, and you assume you need to take something for your liver and assume that you need to reduce inflammation, start with the liver. My favorite supplement, whether you can get an N-acetylcysteine IV or not, is liver love. I don't care if it sounds like a pitch or not. This is the honest truth. Every single client that comes in here with Hashimoto's or has an inflamed thyroid or a thyroid disorder, I point them straight to liver love. Why? Because liver love is a supplement that activates phase one and phase two of liver detoxification. And if phase one and phase two of liver detoxification is activated, and I know the liver regulates all my hormones, and it helps the conversion of T4 to T3 with the thyroid, and I know that if a healthy liver means a healthy person, then you better believe that liver love might be the most essential supplement you could ever take if you have Hashimoto's. And I will say that again. If you have Hashimoto's, taking liver love could change your life. All those symptoms we talked about at the beginning, the weight gain, the fatigue, the hair loss, the constipation, the depression, all those things come from an unhealthy liver with an inflamed person that has an inflamed thyroid. If you want to start liver love, one to two pills a day. You want more of an incentive? Use code Nurse Doza and get a discount. I hope that you learned something with this podcast today. You can hear the passion in my voice. 
the whole reason I'm passionate about this and the reason I'm, I do what I do and the reason we do what we do is because I got sick and tired of hearing about people not having solutions and not having their thyroid fixed years ago. Started ordering labs and started realizing everyone's thyroid was still messed up even on thyroid medication. It still wasn't fixing the problem. And then Hashimoto's came out. This is exactly how Hashimoto's started. And I'll leave you with this. It was an issue with other hormones before the thyroid but got affected. And there's low-lying inflammation. You take care of all that. You take care of Hashimoto's. And if you still need more tips, you can come and book a console with me. I can do an online console with you over the phone, Zoom. You can come into MSW Lounge, get an IV, and we can do that together over, the, over a console. You can sign up for our newsletter. If you go to MSW Lounge to book a console, you can also sign up for the newsletter that way as well. Start liver love, start detoxing, start fasting, start sleeping better. Whatever you need to do for your Hashimoto's, it's not, you're not going to find the only thing you need in just medication. You need more than that. Hopefully this podcast steers you in the right direction. Thank you so much for joining us today. Share this with someone that you love. Class is concluded. Please continue to study your notes. We'll see you next time.